The Fairfield Trojans are sponsored by Iowa Tire of Fairfield, Iowa, and the Packwood Locker, soon to be Griner Meats and Groceries of Richland, Iowa. Well, we got the athletic director from West Des Moines Valley, uh, who's a uh, uh, and uh, uh, a good friend of mine and uh, uh, his, Don Mazinski, who's been on the program before. Uh, uh, the two men uh, and I all share a, a love for the Fairfield Trojans and the traditions of the Fairfield Trojans. And we're going to talk about this year's team uh, and uh, uh, how I'm starting to feel a connection between what they're doing now and what uh, uh, the three of us did in the 80s uh, there in Fairfield. Uh, um, well, uh Don, um, I'm going to say something here to you, uh, and, and it's a little bit of a curveball because it's about baseball. Uh, just a couple baseball mentions I want to get into as uh, Nate Smithberg of Fairfield has just been signed uh, 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 to, or committed to Oklahoma uh, to be a pitcher for them next year. And uh, Keaton Wynn there of Pekin uh, has got his first, got called up uh, again uh, for the second time in September there, and he got his first win uh, against the Colorado Rockies. So uh, I wanted to ask you, because I know I, I, if I'm not, if I'm correct, both you and Brad were both catchers for Simpson, weren't you? Brad was a catcher for Simpson. I caught in high school, uh, but only played football at Simpson. Okay, well, you both went to played athletics at, at Simpson. Uh, um, it's, it's neat to see a kid uh, uh, get a big scholarship or get uh, – uh, called up to the majors, isn't it, from, from Southeast Iowa? It is, it is awesome to see a, a guy or a gal move on in their, from high school and, and experience that type of uh, level of, of sports. All right. Well, uh, I, uh, I, followed, I followed the win. First of all, I didn't know about the Smithburg kid. That's awesome. Uh, Fairfield boy. Um, of course, I love baseball. My son's a a high school player and and we actually got to watch the wind boy work out up here oh five years ago or so he worked out the same facility my son was at i know he married the casca girl who jim jim and we don and i both played with jim and we know of course know his mother too as well and i followed them he he really threw out standing there night i mean his sinker and it was unbelievable and uh eight strikeouts it was it was really impressive i'm he seems like the all-American kid. How could he not love that kid? So I hope. I wish. I wish the Cardinals would have drafted him. It's the only thing I wish was different <laughs> for the Cubs. Well, a the ninety-eight mile an hour, uh, a ninety-eight mile an hour fastball and a really major league splitter. Uh, I think he's got a future up there. Uh, uh, don't you guys? You know, hey, Dave. I grew up by Jim and, and Darlene. I know Darlene was very excited about watching him play baseball and her post on on Facebook. It's very exciting for the family. All right. Well, uh, Brad, at one time you were the athletic director there in Fairfield, weren't you? Correct. I was. Yeah. And you, and you coached, uh, uh, the ninth grade football. So you're, you're part of that tradition. Uh, Pearl Smith, uh, was another athletic director, uh, and football coach kind of legendary. Uh, my first question, uh, you answer first and Don, you answer second. Uh, uh, talk to me about Pearl Smith, what he meant to Fairfield and what, what was the program that he was putting out there that was so successful? Well, first of all, Pearl's from Fairfield and went to Parsons College. And then, you know, I, you know, going to school in the 80s, I think, you know, he's a legend. I mean, it's Pearl, you know, and I don't even think I called him Coach Smith. It was just, he's just that personal and he cared about kids. And I've coached and uh, played for different styles of coaches. Some are military kind of 
yell and scream and some are really caring for you and both work as long as you're consistent and Pearl was very consistent with he cared about you did everything he could to help you succeed he wanted to see multi-sport kids which all of us were and you know I just couldn't wait to get on getting Trojan State and be able to get your feet on that grass sometimes you weren't able to play there because it was too wet so you played over at the junior high but you know I told Don you know, one thing we always had was consistency. You know, we had Marv Scepter and, and Bradfield and those guys were, they coached 30 years of eighth grade football. And then you had Tilson and Fontana for 25 years of ninth grade football and Hutton and Shank in sophomore football. And, uh, and, uh, then at varsity football, the same four guys, you know, you had Pearl, you had, uh, uh Reaver, of course. And then you had, uh, uh coach Moore and then coach White. There's a lot of consistency, and I think even at my level here, hiring coaches and our our success here at Valley, um, a lot of our coaches have been here a long time. The most important job I have is to hire the best coach possible, because it, it it's just hard hard to replace if you if you don't get someone who really cares about kids. And Pearl always did, and I was lucky. I got to come back after playing for him. I got to come back and and. Uh, coach ninth grade and Pearl was retired as the coach, but still the AD. And he came out and actually Steve Miller was on that team. Who's the father of the running back now at, at Fairfield and Pearl walked us through how to run that offense. I mean, no one knew that offense like he did. So I can talk for hours. So be careful asking me questions. I love <laughs> Fairfield football and, and uh, I love Fairfield athletics and everything about Fairfield. I came back to homecoming last year and just had a blast. So uh, I, I love, I love where our, I love the parade that goes all around, just everything about it. So I, I, I really appreciate you asking me. Well, uh, um, well, I asked Don, and uh, uh, he come up with your name, and I said, man, that's the best guy I could possibly get uh, for, for this era that we're trying to talk about anyway. What year did you graduate, Brad? 84. So you're 84, we're 85. Uh, uh, um, I think the class of 83 is going to be there tonight, and the class of 88 uh, uh, both have reunion schedules that are going to be uh, – at this game. So I thought maybe people in that era would kind of remember some of this. Well, um, do you have any mem memories of uh, uh, Pearl Smith you want to share, Don? You know, one thing I'll say is legacy. You know, growing up in Fairfield, um, it was always a dream to play football. And watching people like Melt Jackson and all the other people that came before us, um, it, it was just a dream come true. And having the mentors, I mean, I, I I played center and I, um, Brad was a great mentor. He, um, played center too. And bottom line is, you know, just building that, that team and knowing that, and my class, we didn't do well in junior high and we were kind of the, the team that was breaking the mold. And when we got to our sophomore year, it changed because we gelled with the class above us and the class below us. And, the experience that Pearl and, and all the other coaches I'll never forget coach Moore. Um, he built the, built the offense and, and we were, we were small. We weren't huge, but he taught us to, to never give up and work hard. And, you know, coach Reaver, I remember going in the mornings and coach Reaver, um, encouraging us to go in and lift weights. And that's what I did. You know, you worked hard because you wanted to be part of something that was much better than much, much bigger than you. All right. Well, I'll start with you this time, Don. Uh, here's my next question, and I want to take you back to before 
you were a player uh, when you were a kid. You know what I mean? And Friday night comes around, and Fairfield was a lot different town than it is then, uh, 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 now. Uh, and it was, it was, you know, that football stadium was going to be packed to the max, and um, the the square was going to be packed to the max with people coming in and out in restaurants, and and you know it was just a huge deal. Uh, what do you remember? Uh, you know, you mentioned Milt Jackson. I mean, I never could, I just couldn't. Uh, when I was in grade school. That was, I was always just want to see what Milt Jackson was going to do. I remember he rode this, the same bus with me, you know, and I was like scared to even talk to him. You know, I'm like, wow, there's Milt Jackson. Uh, tell me, tell, tell me some of your childhood memories of going there, uh, family you might've been around or friends, or what was that experience for you just as a kid to walk in there and see a, a, a game in the eighties there in, in, or even in the seventies uh, uh, at Fairfield. Well, like you said, we, when you got there, the, you had to get there early if you wanted a good seat. And there's people lined around the, the upper area of the stadium. Um, it was just a, it was just something that was, I mean, the energy was flowing. I mean, there's watching the band come down um, as a young, as a young guy, it was just, that's what you wanted to do. You wanted to go watch the game and then you wanted to grab your buddies and, and play catch and tackle football. Even though mom and dad said not to get dirty or, or, you know, watch the game. That's that's just what we did. I mean, it was instilled in us. I remember being in eighth and ninth grade, and uh, with Jim Casker, Roger Drish, um, we'd ride the bus home. Joe Fritz would drive our our activity bus home, and we'd go from practice to the high school. That was instilled to us. We still played pickup <coughs> football in the front of the high school, just because it was a tradition and something that you know it just. It was just cool. That's probably the. It was just cool going to be able to be a Trojan. Well, go ahead, Brad. Well, I would. I mean, I would echo what, what Don said. There was a lot of great mentors. I had an older brother, so in his class, you had Steve McCorder and Steve Mine, and probably two of the best football players to ever come out of Fairfield. And that whole class was loaded. Dwight Bonds, quarterback. You know, in junior high. You know, I was a sixth grader you know, when those guys were playing. I went to Audubon to watch them play in the semifinals. And, I mean, it just, they were, they were, you know, kind of like gods to us. Brad Wycliffe had passed away the year before, and, and they named a 100% award after him. And you could get that each week if you outworked everybody else. And there was just that sense of hard work and pride. And on Friday nights, you would go, and I watched those guys play. And then I watched Coach Smith's two boys quarterback and Mike Nelson who was a stud uh, all-state linebacker and I'm sure I'll forget some guys but went to uh, Benton Van Horn when Milt was a junior and watched those guys as a freshman rode up there and they got upset in the playoffs and you know just you just were uh, those guys were just idols of mine you know and then, and then coming up after that you know um you know, uh, Bob Bowman was the quarterback and they threw the ball over the place when he was in my sister's class, I think, in 80 or 81. And then, you know, when I was a sophomore, I was lucky enough to get, you know, Cheesem and, and, and Mike Olson got pulled up and eventually I got pulled up for some duty and Grant Bauman and and Milt and Brad Clements and uh, Serwinski were the captains and they were just really good leaders. You know, they cared about the younger guys. And I think that comes from the coaching. And then of course there's coach Reaver, you know, I mean, he just, you know, he was the icon on defense and Don's class. 
behind us, they were kind of no-name guys. They didn't really have any flashy, but man, they were hardworking. A lot of farm kids, a lot of a lot of in-town kids too, but just tough kids. That and he's right. They didn't. We we were kind of the class that we'd won all of our games when we were younger, and then our senior year we actually didn't have a very a very good year. And if we hadn't had Don's class, we probably would have had a really bad year. But uh, I was really proud of Don's class. I think they went. I can't remember. Mo, did you guys go play Pleasant Valley in the playoffs, or was that was they that? We, they came to us, and then we ended up playing Columbus um, at the Dome, the yeah. championship. And talk about an experience. I mean, we it was a dream come true. Um, for yeah, when I was in when I was in high school, we got to go to. Uh, so we in the so the year ahead of me, this '83 class coming in, you had Greg Bauman and you had uh, Steve Crew at linebacker. Those guys were pretty pretty solid dudes and you had Walt Dabner running back and then and Kurt Hutton at quarterback and a lot of other guys you know Weber guys, just guys that were all good players and uh Anderson at defensive tackle was a was a Lockridge kid and he was tougher than nails and they we went over to Harlan and Anderson had gotten hurt unfortunately he got his ankle rolled up on and we were ahead of Harlan at the half but they ended up beating us and that was it was a long trip, but they ended up winning the state title that year. And, and then I remember Don, your class. And then it seemed like as soon as Tim Jackson, Milt's younger brother, took over quarterback, he was two years behind me. I'm assuming he's did he start your senior year? Uh, he started my senior year, and then he also would have been his senior year. He actually, him, John Stever. I mean, we could go on and on about names that you know wasn't just one person. It was definitely yeah. a team. And then we talk a lot about offense, but like what Brad said, the defense was amazing. Um, Reaver, I don't know how many times we watched we watched the defense stop people on the one, two-yard line. It was just amazing. Um, the work ethic that uh, Coach Reaver put in put into the team and the D-backs. Um, yeah. We always kind of joke, Mo, we were lucky to be on offense, too, because when the offense was overrunning plays, Reaver took the defensive guys over the hill and they basically did more conditioning. So he had to be a little bit tougher. <laughs> I remember Drish and those guys, Cask and those guys, they were just a little tougher than most, you know. defensive end for us. I mean, it's just, just a great bunch of guys that came together and gelled. I mean, I would our, say, didn't have a lot of experience until the our senior year. You know, I would say the one thing that I remember too is that you know, Pearl and that whole coaching staff, you know, when I started coaching junior high for Pearl and then later for Mike Shank, you know, the emphasis was to start 22 kids, give everybody a chance. We weren't stacking teams, you know, you know, and cutting kids. We we're trying to play as many as they could. Even my senior year, I think we had 29 or 30 seniors out. And uh, that was always an emphasis. I always think, I think that's always been a smart way of doing things. And everybody had a role, you know, and you, just did your job and it was fun. It was team, you know, we, and you know, the other thing is when I was out, we were extremely lucky. Mo and I went through school. I think our girls won the state title. My, my junior year in 83, they won the state title. I think we won every conference title except for maybe baseball. Atoma might've got us in baseball and maybe tennis. We tied, but I think, I think our, our Fairfield won every conference title in 83, my junior year. It was pretty, Pretty pretty good group of athletes, and it had nothing to do with me or Bo, but they certainly had some good dudes to play with. We just, got to be, we just got to be part of the team. We got to be part of the, the history and the memories that we made. Mm-hmm. 
Well, um, um, here's the question. We'll start with you, Brad. What was your best moment as a Fairfield Trojan? And uh, same question to you after after he's done, Don. Um, I don't know about one moment, but playing 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 the homecoming game was always a pretty proud deal. You know, I mean, the expectations for us was to go undefeated. That was just Pearl always told us that we're going to get everybody's best shot because we were the best team and people were going to load up against us. But I think, uh, you know, there was a couple games where we beat Oski and Mount Pleasant, you know, and some of those schools, but winning the homecoming game was always pretty fun. Winning a playoff game was always a highlight, you know, um, I, I, I can remember, uh, Walt Dabner returning. We were ahead of Burlington and they were ranked fourth in four a, and we were three a, and it was the opening game, and they made the mistake up 13-7. to 7. They kicked it deep, and Walt, Walt took it for a touchdown. And I was on the return team, and I remember looking up and seeing him running down the sidelines, and that was pretty special to see him. You know, all you had to do for that guy was just block for a couple seconds, and, and it made you look pretty good. So that, that was pretty special winning down there. But anytime we beat uh, somebody um, – at home, especially at homecoming, it was pretty pretty special. All right, Don, you got some memories? So I would say definitely the, the highlight was probably playing in the Dome, but the build-up to that would be really what people need to know about because the class, we weren't they weren't expecting us to do well. And we actually lost to Mount Pleasant right off the bat, but we won every other game and we made the playoffs. And first game of the playoffs was against Mount Pleasant again and we played in a mud bowl up in Washington uh, neutral field and we beat them and people like Steve Crow caught a, caught a pass that was significant the, the whole team came together and I remember being in the in the locker room and, and we didn't know if we were going to play but then we played and it was it was, it was just dynamic dynamic we came together and, and we won that game and then we played Pleasant Hill and, and beat them at home, which was a beautiful day. And then I remember loading the bus and riding up um, to Cedar Falls to play in the Dome. Definitely the highlight of my career. And what was even cooler is 30 years later, I got to watch my son do that. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got to watch Mo's son play in the Dome. It was pretty cool having a – and we still get to see that, you know, just like – having you know getting to see it don's son was really talented and that was that was a lot of fun watching him mo that 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 is pretty cool well um uh let me ask you a little bit about i'm just going to ask you about some specific players um i want to talk about mike olson uh or or, uh mike nelson i mean i think he was a a nose guard played for uh, nebraska didn't he uh i know that was a a kind of maybe uh later 70s uh do you guys remember him Oh, Steve McCorder played at Nebraska, oh. and he was linebacker. Steve McCorder was in my brother's class, and he played in four, three or four Orange Bowls for the Huskers. Yeah, that's who it was. Yeah, he was great, wasn't he? Gosh, McCorder was awesome. Steve, Steve McCorder, I remember as an eighth grader, he came down and he ran a camp for us. Which yeah. talked about being in awe. I mean, you're just like, as a young guy, you're like going, you're meeting this guy that's playing at a school that is – just phenomenal. I mean, the guy was an amazing linebacker. So he was a kid that, you know, um, 
really wasn't a standout when he was younger, Mo. So, you know, he was kind of like your class. And he got in the weight room. And then, um, you know, he got like second in the state in wrestling, I think, like on criteria at heavyweight. But he was always like when I became an administrator there, he was always good about it. He would donate to the FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Uh, I know he was still connected to Fairfield. And I know that class of 78, my brother's in it. They still have a pretty good uh, connection, their reunion, not just football, but everybody. They do a, they do a great job of at, at their class reunions. There's a lot of – and the other thing you got to remember now, I graduated – my brother's class of 78, I think, might have been the largest class to ever go through Fairfield. I graduated like 214 or 220 in my class. When I came back to be the AD at Fairfield, um, there was like 140, 160. So that's – and plus it was like five – five more sports you know we added soccer and other sports i mean really our era i think my eighth grade year we had like 87 boys out for football like in eighth grade. Yep. Yeah, it, was a lot. it was incredible i mean the c teams i mean i mean it was just it was hard to i can't i can't imagine can't fathom trying to manage 90, 90 boys in junior high football. I mean, I, <laughs> if I had to coach Scepter right now, God bless him, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, I, here's the fun, here's the great thing. I don't mean to get off track, but I got to go back and I actually coached with coach Scepter. I was the head coach and he was my assistant. Uh, wow. Think about that. Think about that. Think about what an honor it was to have that man, you know, but he was my assistant. And he would tell me sometimes you need to run the ball because I was throwing it too much and the clock wasn't running, you know. And, that you know, sounded just, just exactly like him, too. Yeah. Brad, you need to run the ball here. <laughs> <laughs> well, his name's like it. Yeah. There's so many. Coach Scepter's son was a great football player for us, too. And there's so many that we're not mentioning. Well, let's yeah. mention a couple more here. Uh, ones that I really, really enjoyed. One would be Walt Dabner and uh, Milt Jackson. Um, um, I don't know people, uh, uh, anyone that saw them would know what, what, what they were players like, but let our listeners know that maybe never got to see those guys, uh, what kind of athletes they were. Yeah, Milt was an all American honorable mention in basketball as well. High school. He was a, you know, he ran a 48 something quarter in track. He lived about a block and a half from me. Him and Tim would, uh, sometimes hope his, hope his parents, uh, uh, don't mind this uh, comment. But they used to sneak out and run sprints, you know, uh, they at night. And uh, not they weren't sneaking out to go party. They were sneaking out to work out. But yeah, Terrence was in my class and uh, was really, a, really good athlete, good wrestler, just all around great guy. He lost Milt. Milt passed away a couple years ago, and that was really sad. His sons are doing well down in Georgia. Um, but uh, we lost him, and that was that was really hard. I know, but Milt uh, Wall, those guys were pretty special. You know, I, I played against the first team All State nose guard every day in practice, and Mike Olson, that that dude, that, that wasn't football. The game nights, Mo, as you recall, they, those were a night off because having him across from me every day in practice was not a lot of fun. I, I bet uh, he was the absolute uh, best baseball player I was ever teammates with. Uh, he was just such an unbelievable athlete. Uh, uh, I'm really glad that you mentioned him. He he he, he was a phenomenal, uh, phenomenally you strong guy, him. wasn't he? Yeah, you played at Lockridge. You're a Lockridge guy too. No, uh, I played with him on the Yankees there in Babe Ruth. 
Oh, okay. I was going to say, yeah. He was, no, Ole was, Olson, his locker was right next to mine all the way through school in the, in the, in football. He, he's just, yeah, he was incredibly strong. Uh, probably a 350 bench presser in, in his senior year. I mean, it was, he went on, he served our military um, as a, in both Gulf Wars. I think he was the first one, uh, Mo, I think he went over as a tank. He was in a tank. And then the second one, I think he was a medic. Wow. Well, that's outstanding yeah. service. It doesn't surprise me the the character of that guy, but boy, I tell you what, uh, uh, you better have a, a lead and a half if you're going to try to steal second base when he was behind the dish. That was for sure. So, Dave, that's that's a perfect example of what football did for us. It built us as young men to move on in life and do great things. Yeah, um, I got a saying on Round Guy Radio. Well, Round Guy Radio is a, a, a podcast that celebrates masculinity. Uh, and we, uh, uh, I, this, I just believe this in my heart that nobody ever became a good man without the example of other good men. W- would you guys agree with that? Hundred percent. All right. I agree. I, I think the other thing that we had in those era was we had parents that were very supportive. My mom really didn't like football because she, we, I didn't eat very much because it was hot in the eighties. I don't know why it was so hot. 82 to 84 but it seemed like we practiced at seven in the morning because it was so hot instead of nine we practiced late at night we had three a days practiced over lunch go to dairy queen and get something over lunch the guys from the out the country gail schaefer and those guys would stay in town with us until the until the third practice and uh and uh what the three days really were like brad yeah, exactly. And uh, my brother always talks about, I don't know, the lose that. I can't remember. Maybe that's not the right name. There was the some of the boys lived out by you and was well, playing Mo somewhere out in Polishville. They would ride their bikes to practice because their dad, you know, they didn't have time to run in, in the town. Field. Huh? Yeah, in the field or, or Yeah, working. so they would ride their bikes to town, stay in town Legend all day. Boys and, nope. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. So, they, you know, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, I can't, I mean, I we've done this before. We've talked about, and then even after us, you know, the Mike Daly's of the world, whose son now, Jackson, plays down at Arkansas State. His daughter plays at Drake. I mean, those, it was, for me, after I graduated, I loved seeing Moe's team do so well. Uh, Rich Medcalf's team went up to, with, uh, I think Rich, is Rich 86 or 87, somewhere in there, Mo, right? He was 87. They beat Pleasant Valley as well, and, and then they got beat in the playoffs by them in the semis. And then uh, they just, you know, then Daly and those guys seemed like they always played Decora in the dome, and uh, you know, Matt Elliott and some of those guys running around, you know, Matt Patton. A lot of there was there was a lot of a lot of good tradition after us as well. Well, uh, gosh, we're just about out of time here, uh, everybody. Thank you so much. Um, uh, uh, this trip down memory lane, uh, I think the the people of Fairfield are are fixing to have some of their own uh, uh, great memories, uh, as the team is very stacked and Coach Whedon has that team firing on all cylinders. Um, uh, I just uh, and is there anything you guys want to say as a parting shot or anything uh, uh, to anybody that's listening? I give a shout out to D. Pombaside, the principal. I worked with him at Valley. I love what's going on at Fairfield High School right now, and and good luck to Coach Wheaton. He was he hosted me last year for homecoming, and and Coach Courts uh, the wrestling coach's son Miller. I hope he has I hope he has two hundred yards tonight. 
Well, he, he very well might. Go ahead, uh, Don. I want to give a shout out to the football team. Continue to work hard and and build a build your own legacy. And wish you nothing but the best. All well right. said. Well, thanks for being with us, guys. This has been a look uh, uh, at Fairfield's past and, and Fairfield's presence. Thanks for being with us. The Fairfield Trojans are sponsored by Iowa Tire of Fairfield, Iowa, and the Packwood Locker. Soon to be Griner Meats and Groceries of Richland, 